Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. What's going on, man? Not much. Welcome back. Yeah, it's great. It's great to be back, but I feel like I'm ready to leave. Are you? Yeah. Well, that's I'm right. a world traveler, man. We're international businessmen. I know. Are you uh, currently upset that I've chosen to train the camera on myself for the first ever Startup Hustle Chat Facebook Live integration of recording the podcast? I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, I'll just hide over here. Well, I I think today's topic is going to probably help you get the camera pointed at you next time because you could have negotiated a better angle or position. I'm aiming for the moon, baby. Are you? Yeah. All right. Well, when anyway. When do we get to the moon? Oh, man. Whenever that Bitcoin crash turns back around. <laughs> yeah, man. So... uh well, anyway, before we get into it, today we're going to talk about uh, top negotiation tips or some things that you can do to be a better negotiator. How are your negotiating skills? They're not very good. Why? I mean, what are we negotiating for, first of all? Everything. Everything? I mean, I always say the word no is the beginning of a negotiation. It is. Right? It is. Like, I ask my kids to do something and they say no, and I'm like, well, here we go. Right. Right. So, well, as a negotiator... Or, I mean, where does negotiation come into play in your business and in your life? I mean, obviously, for myself, I consider myself to be a salesperson, so negotiating deals. I was and dealing with it today. Tell me about it. Hiring someone. Mm, salary negotiations. Yeah, yeah the, potentially they want to work four days a week instead of five. Interesting. Yeah. Existing staff, new person? Somebody new. Huh. How'd that go? Fine. I mean, it's still ongoing. Did, but you, yeah. did you say no? <laughs> No, I mean, I'm not going to talk about it, but I mean, it's yeah. uh, everything's negotiation, right? No, From, I agree. Uh, it's I agree. all over the board. I think some of the things when it comes to negotiating for myself that I could probably do a little better are related to some of the things on the list, um, involved, maybe involving patience. I think sometimes I'm a little too transparent. Um, I don't always want to be, but it is the way I like to do business, so it's usually the way I keep it. But let's go ahead. Do you want to lead off? Yeah. Lay it on me, buddy. All right, so you got a list. You got a list of ten things here. I think there's ten, but 10. that will probably turn into twelve or thirteen. Probably. So we're not going to call that. We're going to call this negotiating tips. All right. Well, so I like your first. Just, just the tips, though. I'd like to welcome Breland, our new, <laughs> our new sales and marketing coordinator, to the podcast. Went chiming in by throwing a pen across the room. Anyway, by the way, let's turn the Facebook live around to we'll let everyone see. There she is, the lovely Breland Lawler, and then my co-host Matt Watson. Anyway. We're going to try to stream these things live going forward and sorry to get disrupted. Go ahead, Matt. All right. So the first thing in your list was aiming high. And that's why I said I want to aim for the moon. Okay. So I think that's a good plan. I mean, when it comes to aiming high, um, I think what that brings to mind for me is like, why not ask for a big deal? You know, a big contract, a big sale, a longer term, um, a higher rate, something like that. Like, you know, when you're negotiating, like you said, using the word no as a starting point oftentimes for other discussions. Yeah. 
Um, some of the things I learned with negotiating, especially negotiating leases in foreign countries, were related to the fact that they wanted to play back and forth. So aiming high is a good place to start. It is much easier to reduce your price than it is to aim it. Well, like, so I bought a house last week and that's the thing. Do you, do you make them a, a low offer and try and negotiate or whatever? But we looked at 15 houses and it was exactly the one we wanted. So I'm like, offer them exactly what they wanted. Like I'm not sure. messing around. Yeah. We and want this. I'm not, not going to screw it up. And that's my thing. Like what I said with the, with the, uh, the straightforward nature of the negotiation is sometimes that does come back to buy me, but I find myself in a lot of with a lot of clients that appreciate that, and it really works out well. So I, I had a friend that would uh, like go to Best Buy and Sam's Club and try and negotiate. You know, actually, and, and he did. I don't know how he did it, but he did it, dude. I actually mentioned that and balanced me. I said, if you have money problems, or it's actually just kind of smart to just always say, "Is that the best price?" Yeah, and you know, like that's. I mean, it's you, like you said it surprisingly often it isn't the best price and you can get a better one. So, um, okay. Well, the next on the list is know your bottom line. Uh, if you're going to negotiate, you have to have a strong understanding about what your goods services or position may cost. And that gives you a little leverage. You can quickly negotiate yourself out of profitability. Have you ever done that? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, they always say like what, 20% 20% of your customers cost you 80% of your time and money and whatever, right? Like you get a big customer, you spend yeah. all your effort on and they drain all of your time and resources and they're well, not really a high margin client. We've had some of those at full scale, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. We've had a couple of clients where like oh, yeah. we spent hours and hours and hours helping them and like made no money at all. Yeah, that's true. We've had, we've had a couple or of those. didn't even get a podcast or you didn't even get a, uh, you know, a, even a sale out of it. Yeah. So Okay. Um, I mean, how about don't panic? I think you always got to know what plan B is. Yeah. That's part of it. And that, that, but that's what's going to prohibit the panic, right? So, you know, don't panic is You got to slow play it. Yeah. It's the slow play, as you would say. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big fan of the slow play. Yeah. And I always have been, even though at nature, I am not a slow play mentality. I try to go really fast. I want to get it done. I, I get it now, but but don't panic. That also comes down to like the whole concept of like, you know, just because someone says no or they says we need to think about it or we need to talk about it or whatever, panicking would be like, okay, well, hang on, let me give you a better price. Sometimes you have to let things play out. So you got to build value. Yeah, I uh, I got in trouble once from an old business partner because we were on the phone with a customer, and the customer's like, well, how long is it going to take to do this? And I'm like. I don't know. I'll get it done tonight. I just need like a couple hours. And he's like, Matt, don't say this shit. We've got to build up value. We're going to make this sound like it's complicated. And we're going right. to charge a lot of money for it. Like, yeah. calm down. Right. Like, but I can get it done tonight. We've got to build value. Yeah, but if you got it done tonight, then that can't be worth like no. a jillion dollars. Because, no. I mean, like, don't how pan- could you, but it's how like, could you don't possibly panic. get it done that fast? It's like, don't panic and try and win the business. Like, slow down. Right. Build some value. And the next time they want something done, they're going to expect you to do it in like two hours. Are we still talking about negotiating business deals? Because I feel like this has turned to like marriage and life. Well, it's all kind of similar. Oh, okay. Yeah. So these are good tips in life too? Yeah, dating. 10 great life tips from DeCourcy and Watson. So the next one is putting yourself in a position of power. 
once again, we are talking about business, yeah, right? Business, okay. Yeah. All right. So do you know what that means? No. It can mean maybe not throwing the first number out first. Yeah. Or, you know, if you're the one who, uh, for example, is leasing the building, you can still own the building, find somebody else, right? Sure. Like you, you hold the power of like, well, that's like the, you're not like, desperate. That's like yelling next. Yeah, exactly. Next. Yeah. So now a position of power as well could also be not giving away all of your leveraging tools and items right yeah. away. Like, you know, that you're going to provide a service. There might be four or five different types of add-ons or things that you can throw in stuff that you can do, like save yourself a little ammo. Right. Yeah. For when the gunfight no, breaks good. out. So how about finding a creative way to close the deal? Well, what are we talking about here? <laughs> We're still talking about business. Okay. I think. Okay. Um, this is now a universal it, topic. Th this sounds like when we were trying to rent that space at HM and it's like back and forth and back and forth. And it's like, how do we get the deal closed? Right. Like it was a never ending yeah. problem, right? Yeah. And that, well, that was my point in that. I think, it, you know, here we go. This is why this is not a 10 list item anymore. Uh -oh, I think another important thing is understand who you're negotiating with. Oh yeah. And you know, it's funny cause when we say HM Tower, Matt's talking about the building that we leased in the Philippines, which was a rather exhaustive process. Yeah. And you know, the funny thing was, is, is despite it, and it still was exhaustive, despite the fact that it did quite a bit of research on the way into that, because mm -hmm. I realized I was dealing with a Chinese company. So I actually did research about negotiating with Chinese business people. Right. And I, and I was, uh, and uh, by the way, it did live up to all of the expectation from that because it said, get ready for prolonged negotiations and price exchanges. And at one point, let's say, I can't remember what the rate was. So it was $10,000 a month to rent the floor. They came back and said, okay, we want 11,000. And I got kind of shitty. And I told our manager I said, all right, you sent him an offer for 9,500. <laughs> Like, and he was like, yeah. and, and I baffled his mind. He was like, wait a minute. You want me to do what? You want me to send a worse off? Yeah. I want you to send a worse off. Yeah. Yeah. That, that didn't work, but <laughs> it, it, it has, it has. I mean, in some cases that's it, you know, like you said, that's you play the game, put yourself in that position of power, know what you're working with. And, you know, and sometimes I, I think sometimes too, you get back to who you're negotiating with and like, you know, some and certain clients and customers are of higher value than others. I, I mean, it, it's just the yeah. it's just the case. Like, I mean, you know, you have a, a client that, like in our case at Full Scale. I mean, how many of our full time team members are on your team? Because if your invoice is twenty times greater than the next guy, then there might be a little more importance or priority to that account. Yeah, sure. So, yep. are you willing to? move on and say next, like, and that's hard. That is really hard. Cause I think, especially when your business is in an early stage, you want to sell as much as you can, as fast as you can. And you're just trying to get people to say yes. Well, and that's like a whole nother topic, right? Especially when you have a software product and you, you start doing all these things are kind of away from your core business. You keep, you start chasing all these things. Yeah. That's, I have made that's some, like a whole other podcast. Episode. You know, I know. And I have made some bad deals in the past. There's no mm -hmm. doubt about it. So, you know, and, and I tell you that because you're probably going to make some bad deals too. It happens, but you got to learn from them. Just don't keep making them. So next. It's speaking of next. Think we, not I. Yeah. There's no I in T-E-A-M, man. 
there is a me though. Yeah. Uh, you know, my coach has never pointed that part out. So for this one, you think it's just all about uh, the benefit of the entire company versus uh, I think it's the your, person who's making the uh, negotiation? Well, like, How does this affect the whole well, team? Well, for example, at Full Scale, I mean, I like to think that we're working with our clients. We're helping, we're doing, because their success is ours. Right. So I definitely take, I always take a we, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I, or we as a company, step out of the way. That's part of our model. Oh, it's like you're getting married, right? And so it's got to work for both parties. Sure, sure. And the thing is, is by making, you know, we, it's also like a win-win. I mean, if it doesn't win for both sides, you're going to have a bunch of people that are, um, you know, oh, by the way, we've got some people chiming in here. Austin Uh Austin Wright is saying, I love gold. (laughs) Uh, He is our resident comedian and sweet photographer. All right. Yeah, he took a rather nice What's picture of my wife and I. Thanks, Austin. Thanks for for chiming in. And we have had a peak audience of five. Oh so wow! We, wow. I know, wow. dude. I know. I know. I know. We might. I'm, I'm gonna give all the credit to Breland and her uh, pen throw. Yeah. It, well, that we had five, and then she did that. And went down to three. Oh. They were pissed. I could tell. I mean, overall. Um, oh, and you know. I think we're probably we need to like, aim higher. We're probably like three or four away from shutting down all of Facebook due to the <laughs> bandwidth we're consuming. So, all right, how about selling the value and benefits? That was kind of my point earlier. Of like, I was trying to hurry up and get something done instead of us like taking our time and really yeah. showing like the value of what we're providing and selling the value of it, right? And making a big deal about it and having something to talk about, right? Is half half the battle of sales negotiation is just having points that you can negotiate on well i've always right? this is the probably the exactly one millionth time i've said this but people buy benefits yeah they buy what wiifm what's in it for me right and that's what you need to be selling that's what you need to be defining and that's what you need to be explaining and if you're not doing that you're not doing a very good job so you know when you're negotiating you talk about the value the benefits like hey you're going to benefit from x y and z by doing business from us. And sometimes these things are intangible. Like it's not, it's not something that you can clearly or openly define. Like, for example, people want to do a lot of business with this at full scale for a lot of different reasons. Some of which is the possible advice that we can give them about their product or their process or their people. We say that's fair. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so it's provide some free consulting along the way. I mean, it's hard for me to define that. I mean, I could be very specific and say you get two hours per week or something like that. I think it's on our sales on our sales sheet, right? Like you get to hang out with rock stars. Where are they? I thought that was you. Oh, I thought that was you. Oh. I mean I don't know then. I did compare in our sales meeting this morning, I did call myself the lead singer. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know how many lead singers it takes to screw in a light bulb? No. Just one. He's just got to hold the light bulb and wait for the world to revolve around him. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. So the benefits of listening to my... <laughs> oh, wow. Are you shaking your head yeah. and rolling your eyes? Oh, man. I mean, come on. That was gold. That was pretty good. That was gold. We could ask our resident comedian, Austin Wright, was that funny? <laughs> I've got crickets on the live stream response, right. so who we'll knows? We'll give him a minute. Maybe. All right, next. All right, listening. Nobody's listening to us. 
no, they're listening to us, but just not on the Facebook live stream. Mm-hmm. It, it hurt. It takes time to build an audience. No, listen to what the other person's saying. Um, I think this is, is this marital advice now. No, well, maybe, but I think it has to do with objections. Like, what are the objections that your buyer or potential client or prospect has? Just because someone's telling you they don't want to buy it doesn't mean they're not going to or they don't want to. It means that there's something that you probably still need to clarify, something you need to do a better job of explaining or laying out or whatever. And objections are good. A client or prospect with no objections is probably not going to be a client. And right. probably going to say a prospect. So if you don't know how to overcome the objection, you don't know what the objections are, then it's really difficult. You sure. got to get to the bottom of what the issue is. Sure. And, you know, by listening to what these people are telling you, that it, what they need to do, what they need to solve, what they need to fix, what their pain points are. And sometimes it could just be therapy. Just let them, let them, let them vent it out a little bit you know the next one on your uh, list here is kind of related it says uh watch your body language but it's like watch their body language yeah. too, right like it's it's all related to listening and understanding mm-hmm. how they're thinking and feeling well and some of that too can you know i mean obviously facial expressions your um the way that you're standing the way that you're sitting the overall um you know way that you're projecting yourself like i'm a big guy I can be imposing. It's not really that great. And it's not really recommended when it comes to successful negotiations. I shouldn't be trying to bully you into something. Right. So being aware of, of that situation, you know, being able to reduce or improve your own body language. And, you know, they could probably do a whole nother podcast on that. Um, some of it too is back to that understand who your audience is, who you're listening to, who you're trying to relate to. Um, you know, we've talked about personality styles and stuff before. If you're, if you're talking to someone that's really extroverted and they blah, 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 and they get going, you know, you can actually be a little bit like that, but you don't want to be like that. If you're talking to someone that's very calm and centered and hi, I'm very, I'm I'm introverted and I'm calm. Like you're going to freak people like that out. And that's another thing too, is like, you turn your negotiation into an auction, right? perhaps. So, um, you know, before we get into this last thing, like when someone's trying to negotiate with you or sell you something, what are things that really turn you off? Um, so I think that back to a little bit of the personality thing is knowing the personality you're dealing with. So I'm somebody that doesn't like to be oversold. I like to buy. Okay. But that's my personality style, right? Um, some people like to be sold, but I'm an engineer. So I like to look at the details. I want to read the specs. I want to think about it. I want to do research. I'm a different buyer where some people just want to know, like, are you going to take care of all of my problems? You said, yes, I believe you. I trust you. And that's the end of it. Well, you're the more introverted type of buyer. You yeah. actually want to know you're the person that actually looks at the list of features right. and then it's trying to determine how to benefit you. Like I'm the other way. I'm like, like I always use the example, like you got a Best Buy to buy a camera and the kid's sitting there going, yeah, there's all these things and all this stuff and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, and I'm sitting there going, does this take clear pictures of my kids on Christmas? Yeah. So my wife doesn't complain about not having those. Yeah. I end up on Amazon and then comparing reviews and overanalyzing things. Paralysis yeah. paralysis by analysis. I could have just bought a phone case for a dollar and been done with it, but instead I'm 
reading every review. You know, wasting I, hours I will, I will say that I have caught you doing things like that. I, I think that, man, I don't know if I should put this out there, but I think that I once compared you to a guy that would fly on a private jet and then buy generic aspirin to cure the headache from traveling. Or I might hangover. do that. Yes. Is that true? Yeah, I might do that. Is that saving money in the wrong places? No, it's just it's the same thing. I'm just by the generic. Okay. I'm going to keep that in mind next time you want tickets in the suite. I'm just going to get you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, have, reducing or removing your ego. Nobody likes people with a lot of ego. Yeah, it's just not endearing. It's not endearing. It's a hard, that's hard for me because I'd like to broker confidence. Mm-hmm. And sometimes confidence is misunderstood, usually by people that don't have a lot of it. And that's true. Right. But at the same time, you know, perception is reality. And, it, you know, people like to buy things from people that they like. And they like to do business with people that they like. Well, people and, like confidence and people that are confident. But sure. ego is a whole other Well, level. you can operate. You know, we've been talking about this a lot lately. But, you know, you can kind of have that, that uh, guru mentality of, of, you know, having a strong grasp and understanding experience and stuff like that without being an egomaniac. Right. I mean, an e- removing the ego means making it, that's back to that whole think we, not I. Right. It's hard to have an ego and ha- be a we person. Right. Yep. Yep. So now I've, I had a business partner once that had a huge ego. And I bet he was a salesperson. Yeah. Yeah. It's, they, they go, they, they, it's hard to, I mean, part of that is a self-defense mechanism that salespeople and, and, you know, CEOs or leaders oftentimes develop because, you know, being told no all the time is hard. It's not, it's not easy, you know, and, you know, all right. So, um, as we're talking about negotiating, let's, let's throw a couple of things out there that are directly related to what we do. What are some of the things that you have to negotiate with or for or around clients involving Stackify? Um, Potentially like um, a discount if they have a lot of servers or data retention. So if they want us to retain their data for more than 30 days. Um, Contract length, but we don't really have contracts. Um, Sometimes they want a contract. Um, Those are really the big things. How do you go about doing that? Is there someone there that that specifically does that? Is that like your COO? Our sales team does it. I mean, we just have kind of basic parameters that we work in that we kind of know. Like, so you create you've created discount tables or kind of yeah something related to that. Sure, we Uh, sign up enough accounts and they're all sort of the same, so we have a pretty good idea of the parameters we're working in. At full scale, we get a lot of of MSA master service agreement type stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, The bigger the company, the the the. the more protracted or, right. or in, the longer that seems to become sometimes. Um, we had somebody who in negotiation required that we would do business. I think it was with Israel. It's like, if we did business with this company, we had to promise that we would also do business with Israel. It was something like that. Like people in Israel or the country. Yeah, Anybody itself. in the country. Oh, like they, okay, they're saying, oh, if we're going to do business with you, you have to also make yeah. sure. Interesting. Like we can't be a company that will not do business with, yeah, it's weird stuff. Was that ever even an option? I no, it's not like we were ever discriminated against anybody. But, yeah. But no, yeah, it's really weird. I think for the things that, you know, and, the, and those, those uh, service agreement things can be crucial. 
yeah, um, some weird stuff when you get international. At, at full scale, we are probably on the sixth version of our MSA because mm-hmm. we listen. Yeah. We listen to the things that people kept saying. I remember, you know, a year ago when we were first drafting the first ones, you know, we, well, now you, 30 days notice. That's all we require. But we were at six months. Mm-hmm. You know, we wanted a longer commitment and we realized that, that that was a sticking point. And then we realized that the demand was was high enough that we weren't going to have a problem if someone spit back the developers, right. but then they barely ever did it anyway. So mm-hmm. we continued to not care. I think some of the other things too, that, um, you know, we, I like to say that full scale and, you know, for those of you listening, full scale helps you build your software development teams faster and cheaper. So part of, of what people were concerned about is what happens with my intellectual property. Right. And we, addressed and changed and smooth language around that because what you bring to the table and what we, what you pay our team to help you create is yours. It should be. You know, what's interesting about negotiation is ideally you want to remove the hurdles that cause a lot of negotiation, but then salespeople always want them because they want something to negotiate. Like somebody asks for a discount, you're like, well, I want this thing, this lever that I can move around because they're going to ask for a discount. And this is the thing I give them. Like at Stackify, we have a, a a tool that's free called Prefix, and we're like, well, if they want to discount someone, we'll give them free licenses of like the upgraded version of that thing. Right. Like that's the lever. Like sometimes in negotiation, like you you have those things in your back pocket, right? Like yeah, and there's you know, and and I'm telling you, the word no is the best negotiating tool that you need. Next. I mean, you just have to say no sometimes. And like, it took me a while, it took me a while professionally to, to realize that. And then I started building confidence in mm-hmm. it because you tell people no, because here's the thing, you have some people that just keep asking and asking and asking, and they are going to keep asking until you finally say no. Right. So why not? You know, I mean, it, it's not that hard. Um, you know, I think some of the things too is, is, you know, I look back at this, like, I mean, I always aim high. I always ask people to add a little extra in. Why not? Or put a little extra on. You know, I, I definitely, like, at full scale, I understand the bottom line. I know where we're at. I mean, we have a fixed pricing system. It's not super negotiable. Buy more stuff and, you know, we'll give you a discount. I don't panic. I do get uneasy, though. I don't like waiting. So I'm impatient more than anything. I mean, I've said that about you since I've known you. I just want to get it over with. Yeah, so... Um, well, anyway, I mean, I think that's some good stuff. Like negotiating is there's probably like another 90 things we could talk about. I I think a lot of it gets into sales stuff and other stuff. So, you know, on a side note, how how was the Philippines? It was good, man. It's glad to be back. I mean, we didn't even get into that. What'd you go over there and do for us? You had like, uh, two snowstorms here while I was on the beach. I I mean, I wasn't always on the beach. I was working. (laughs) I was on the beach for the weekend. What did you actually do for full scale when you were there? What was our what was our milestone and what we went no I opened I was there when we opened our new office. Oh wow. There was so you managed to find time to do that in yeah. between visits to the beach? Yeah. So okay. I was there and uh they blessed the new office and everything. We said had a big prayer, all the stuff. Yeah. I still think that's weird. Yeah. Um uh, I got sprayed with holy water. Did you really? Yeah. Did it burn? I might be Catholic now. Did it burn? 
Okay. I was just but it was sure. it was really cool. Yeah. I they, see I see I I thought that's what the freckles were. No, no, no. That's not those aren't burns from holy water. No, no. So let's talk about that for a second. So that I wasn't that was new for me. Um apparently it's customary in the Philippines to bring in a priest to bless the office. Yeah, here I think you would get sued. I know. I was thinking, man, that, that's like HR violation twelve. Yeah that we have come across there. Um, some of the other things, but uh, when 95% of the people that live there are Catholic, then that's yeah. normal. So the guy came in and he threw holy water everywhere. Yeah. In every room he walked through every room. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did it help? Did it feel better after Were I the demons so, yeah. exercised? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> were the, were the demons of, of my stress and all of the sins that I was considering yes. committing after two and a half months of, of, yeah. of delays, they were, they were washed away. All the problems with the HM tower are gone. So no, they're not. Um, so let's, as we kind of close out, let's talk about that for a second. Cause it's kind of a big milestone for us. Cause yeah, right around, really cool. right around the time you were opening, that was also, a few days later was the one year anniversary of my trip over there. Wow. We hired 165 people in the first year. That's crazy, man. I mean, what? We got to beat that now. We're already on pace. All right, let's go. So anyway, no, that was pretty exciting. I think our employees were excited too. And for any of those that are listening or watching, thank you. You were very patient. You're very understanding as we continued to have too many people in our old office. So yeah, now we've got to build a whole nother floor. I, oh, wow. That's right. Mm-hmm. We did once do an episode about having a floor, building out a floor of a skyscraper. Yeah. yeah it's I still guess, going. Did we even share that? Anyway, we got a second floor. Yeah. And we opened an office in Eastern Europe. Mm-hmm. And we need a new office here. No, we don't. You, you or we or I. This office I is want great. This. this is about me. This is about I, not we. Okay, okay. Anyway, Matt, I'm glad to have you back. So did you hear that starting uh, next week, we're going to do three or four episodes a week, whether you're here or not? All right, let's do it. Are you in? Let's go. I love it. See you next time. Salamat. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCarsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.